Welcome back, everybody. It's been about a month since my last podcast, and I know that there really hasn't been anything going on in the world. Um, well, I guess that is besides, you know, the droning of a known terrorist, followed by some bombings and then claims of World War III happening. Then there's some sort of, you know, trial in the Senate, which... I don't know what the conclusion of that's going to be. <laughs> um, I guess then uh, there's some sort of uh, virus going around that's going to destroy a third of the population. Um, and then I guess something weird kind of happened last night with uh, the Iowa caucuses. So the one thing I find kind of strange about that is is Joe Biden's wording. Well, that last particular thing. So Joe Biden said, quote, well, the Iowa Democratic Party is working to get this result straight, and I want to make sure they're very careful in their deliberations. And I find that wording curious because deliberations is kind of, in, you know, assuming that they need to think about what their answer is going to be. I think uh, the problem that they're having currently isn't really a technical difficulty with the app as they claim it, I think that uh, the actual outcome is not what they wanted. So now they're trying to uh, play a little damage control. Then again, I guess that leads to, you know, conspiracies. And anyway, speaking of conspiracies, I'm going to start inserting uh, a few more articles and uh, bits of news that's going to include things of the paranormal, UFOs, conspiracies, things like that. Not just news articles, uh, but make it a little more interesting, a little more fun. So uh, let's get started. So the first bit of news is going to be from the Epoch Times, written by Zachary Streber. It's entitled, Iowa Democratic Caucus Results Delayed by Technology Issues, comma, Inconsistent Reporting. Democrats still don't know who won the Iowa Democratic caucuses on Tuesday morning after the Iowa Democratic Party said it was delaying releasing the results of the caucuses. Iowa Democratic Party spokeswoman Mandy McClure said in an initial statement that results were delayed, quote, due to quality checks. We found inconsistencies in the reporting of three sets of results, McClure added in another statement. McClure claimed an application used to enter results didn't go down and the and the party didn't get hacked. Well, there are claims that the app did go down, but whatever. In a statement on Tuesday morning, Iowa Democratic Party Chairman Troy Price said precinct level results were still being reported to the party. Quote, while our plan is to release results as soon as possible today, our ultimate goal is to ensure that the integrity and accuracy of the process continues to be upheld. The app, he added, was reporting only partial data, but the data collected was sound. The failure to fully report the data was due to a coding issue, he said. Precinct chairs and voters reported widespread problems with the app. They said, we are experiencing some issues in terms of people being able to load and connect with the app for the precinct reporting, Brett Niles, chairman of the Lynn County Democratic Party, told Bloomberg News. Adam Mann, chairman of the caucus in Story County, told the Wall Street Journal that the app wasn't working at all. That kind of means that it went down, unlike the previous claims, but whatever. 
The Iowa Democratic Party paid a company, Shadow Inc., that doesn't sound sketchy at all, over $60,000 to create the app. Several top executives in the company worked on Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign, and people noted that Tara McGowan, founder of Acronym, a progressive nonprofit that invested in Shadow, professed excitement last year when then South Bend Mayor Pete Bootygig, Booty Judge, either way, it's funny, declared his candidacy. Federal Election Commission's records show Booty Judge, Booty Judge. <laughs> His campaign paid Shadow over 42000 for software rights and subscriptions. So, I don't know what is going on with this app. I don't know what is going on with the results. To me, as I said earlier, it just feels like Bernie Sanders most likely won these Iowa caucuses, and that is not what the DNC wanted. They wanted a better result out of Biden. They didn't get it. So at this point, they're trying to play damage control. <laughs> don't really do much from the New York Post because eh, I don't really trust them, but they have a whole bunch of articles in regards to Jeffrey Epstein. This one is Florida prosecutors release a trove of Jeffrey Epstein files. This is actually dated yesterday, something that I did not know nor I heard about. Florida prosecutors released their entire Jeffrey Epstein case file from when the serial, serial pedophile was first investigated more than a decade ago and post it online so that the public can easily access it. The trove of records is from the Palm Beach State Attorney's fumbled 2008 investigation into Epstein in which the mogul managed to walk away with a low-level charge of solicitation of a minor after he was accused of abusing dozens of minors. The case file posted online Thursday, so once again, today's Tuesday, this article just came out yesterday, so this was last week, uh, includes three videos of a walkthrough of Epstein's Palm Beach estate, audio recordings of interviews with suspects, and other internal documents related to the office's investigation. The case file also includes interviews with Epstein's staff who witnessed some of his misdeeds, as well as the original police interview interviews that detectives conducted with the financier's alleged victims. Most, Almost all of them had an identical story, they were told they could make $200, big bucks, if they went to a wealthy man's house in Palm Beach and gave a massage. Upon arriving, they realized it wasn't just a massage they were expected to give after Epstein disrobed and masturbated in front of them. So this uh, little bit of news seems to be buried uh, in between impeachment and Iowa. <laughs> Report from True Pundit says that Senator Tom Cotton shreds China's official virus story, warning of a super laboratory in the proximity of the original outbreak. A United States senator is casting major doubt on the Chinese government's official story of the 2019 coronavirus outbreak, instead hinting that a biosafety laboratory working with the deadliest pathogens in the world could be the true source. Republican Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas dismantled a claim from China's communist regime Thursday that pinned the coronavirus outbreak on a market selling dead and live animals. 
China has claimed for almost two, month that, two months that coronavirus had originated in a Wuhan seafood market, Cotton wrote on Twitter. That is totally not the case. In a video, Cotton explained that the Wuhan market, which Cotton incorrectly referred to as a seafood market, has been shown by experts to not be the source of the deadly contagion. Cotton referenced, referenced a Lancet study which showed that many of the first cases of the coronavirus, including patient zero, had no connection to the market, devastatingly undermining China's claim. As one epidemiologist said, quote, the virus went into the seafood market before it came out of the seafood market. We still don't know where it originated from. I would note that Wuhan also has China's only biosafety level four super laboratory that works with the world's most deadly pathogens to include, yes, coronavirus. A couple other interesting facts are if you've ever seen the logo for this level four uh, super laboratory, it happens to be the same exact logo uh, of the laboratory used in Resident Evil except their umbrella for Umbrella Corporation is blue, not red. Uh, and also, interestingly, interestingly enough, one of the major financiers uh, of the virus uh, listed actually on the patent of the virus happens to be uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Thought that was kind of, kind of sketchy considering, you know, Microsoft and their propensity to get viruses. And to kind of piggyback on the coronavirus, uh, an article from Mysterious Universe, which is a very, very good website. So if you get a chance, please check them out. Uh, this article is entitled Giant Flocks of Crows and Huge Mosquitoes Seen Near Coronavirus Center. Just what we need. Call them crows, call them ravens, call them blackbirds, call them rooks. Call them if you want to scare someone. Because crows, ravens, and the like have long been harbingers of death, doom, and bad stuff in general. Well, if crows are a sign, it may be too late for the residents of the Hubei province, ground zero for the deadly Wuhan coronavirus. Multiple videos have surfaced of unusually large flocks of crows in Hubei cities surrounding Wuhan, and if that's not enough, another video shows an invasion of giant mosquitoes outside of Beijing. And if that's not enough, a farmer in Hunan bartering Hubei lost over 4,500 chickens due to the highly contagious bird flu. Which came first, the crows, the mosquitoes, or the viruses? Does it really matter anymore? So this article is quoting, Crows circling the sky in Jingzhou City next to Wuhan are they attracted by the smell of death in Jingzhou, Hebei, and the cr the crow was about to move? Carnivores have a very sensitive sense of smell, and they can smell the faint odor of the corpses at a long distance and race to fly. The dying patient will emit a rotting smell that humans can't smell before death. At about the same time, uh, which would be around January 28th, uh, a man had posted some crow videos. So about that same time a Beijing, in Beijing, a man had posted a video of an abnormal number of giant mosquitoes huddling under a highway ramp. 
a species of giant mosquito with a wingspan more than four inches, making it the world's largest, was discovered in China in 2018. Mosquitoes of any size generally stay hidden until April, and Chinese folklore says that an early showing means that there will be an outbreak of contagious diseases. While it's not known to be spread by mosquitoes, could a mutation get picked up by giant mosquitoes? And speaking of contagious diseases, a bird flu outbreak was also reported on February 1st. The H5N1 virus is highly infectious and causes severe respiratory disease in birds. The coronavirus is also a respiratory virus which uh, infects humans. The Chinese government has killed close to 20,000 chickens to control the H5N1, which has a 60% mortality rate in humans. That could be worse among people whose respiratory systems have already been weakened by the coronavirus. Is any of this linked to the massive flocks of crows? People in Houston hope not, because thousands of blackbirds known as grackles descended on a parking lot there recently covering the ground cars and any other surface. This is a growing phenomenon in Houston, but is a harbinger. They hope not. It's the fourth largest city, a leading port city, and an immigrant city with a large Asian population. Is the appearance of crows in Hubei, giant mosquitoes in Beijing, and grackles in Houston a warning? Yes. It means we know little. These viruses... It means... God. It means we know little. These viruses that have deadly consequences... So they, they typed that incorrectly. So we still look for mythical causes just like our ancestors did. Just don't go killing the crows, mosquitoes, and grackles to alleviate your fears. You'll only create worse problems. Here's some interesting news as well. Iran sentences alleged CIA spy to death. Iran said on Tuesday that its top court has confirmed a death sentence for an Iranian man accused of spying for U.S. intelligence. Amir Rahimpour was found guilty of passing along information about Iran's nuclear program to the CIA. Uh, Judiciary spokesman, I'm not even going to say the name, said the man would be executed soon. The man, the man accused being a spy, was a CIA spy and got a big payout and tried to uh, present part of Iran's nuclear information to the American Intelligence Service has been tried and sentenced to death, and recently the Supreme Court upheld his sentence, and you will see it carried out soon. The man was quoted by the semi-official news agency as saying, two other alleged spies were given 15-year prison terms. The nationality of those suspects has not been made public, but they were said to be charity workers. The last alleged U.S. spy to be executed in Iran was... Shahram Amiri, who was hung in 2016. Amiri had defected to the U.S. at the height of Washington's effort to to curb Tehran's nuclear ambitions. When he returned to Iran in 2010, why would you? He received a warm welcome from politicians and was a popular guest on talk shows. But then he suddenly disappeared before it was confirmed that he was tried and killed for espionage. Last summer, Iran said it had busted a spy ring of 17 individuals, sentencing some of them to death. However, it has not been confirmed if these executions have been carried out. Tensions between Washington and Tehran are especially high at the moment over the assassination of Iranian General Qasem Soleimani, who was long responsible for anti-American efforts in Iraq. Breaking news. 
Loch Ness-type monster filmed in Argentine Lake. Two fishermen were out in Nahuelhapai Lake in Argentina when they captured something very mysterious on video. Eyewitness claimed, eyewitnesses claimed that the creature had flippers and it could very possibly be the Nahulito, Argentina's version of the Loch Ness Monster. Sightings of this monster have been reported since 1910 when George Garrett, who was the manager of a sailing company, came forward claiming to have seen the creature. He explained that the creature's visible part was between 5 and 6 meters long and came out of the water at the height of around 2 meters. As for the fisherman who recently videotaped the mysterious creature in the lake, the cameraman said, you can see something black. I don't know what it is. It looks like something big as if it had scales, adding, I also saw three flippers out of the water. I thought they were waves, but you can still see it. Something is going on there, and it is scary. A second video was filmed much closer, and it also shows something strange moving through the water. One of the fishermen, fishermen explained to a local paper that, quote, We were with a friend when it was very hot, and suddenly we saw something big moving on the water. Adding, We also saw a boat from the Navy approaching the area. You can even hear in one of the videos onlookers gasping with surprise and asking, what is it? What's even more eerie than seeing a potential lake monster is that just two days after the footage was shot of the creature, a 34-year-old British British man drowned in that exact same lake. He was kayaking across the lake with his girlfriend when strong wind gusts knocked him into the water. While, while he was able to make it safely to shore, uh, he was still... Oh, sorry. While the girlfriend was able to make it safely to shore, the man was still missing and his body was found days later, approximately six miles from the city and around 20 miles from the location in which he fell into the water. Since the wind gusts reached as strong as 50 miles an hour, bad weather was blamed for his death. But however, some people argue that the lake monster is to blame. When the story was posted online, one user commented, this lake monster has reappeared in the lake. We all believe in the aboriginal myth, dinosaur, dragon, or snake. So did the witness actually film the lake monster? You can decide for yourself in the link that I'm going to provide with this clip. Going back to the uh, Iowa caucus story from One American News, it's being reported that Iowa's Democratic Party knew of problems with the election app one week prior to the caucus date. Officials in Iowa reportedly knew that there were problems with the mobile app used to tally the results in Monday's caucus. The state's Democratic Party released a statement late Monday to announce its decision to delay the release of the official results when they cited inconsistencies in the results as the reason for the postponement. The Democrats went on to specify that the delay was not because of a hack in an apparent effort to quell possible theories of election interference. On top of the supposed inconsistencies, however, many county chairs in Iowa have said that they reported problems with the new app in the week before the caucus date. One chair from Polk County said not only were there unresolved problems with the app, but local Democrat officials weren't providing any training on how to use it. Hmm, sounds right. <clears throat> there, were, there were also reports of the phone lines being backed up for counties to report the results, which some reports suggesting county officials were on hold for over an hour. Many counties were forced to switch to recording the votes on paper. Despite all this, 
The state's Democratic Party has assured voters the underlying reporting was sound, but it would take time to tally the votes. I don't know if you've seen the uh, video on CNN, but CNN was actually interviewing one of those officials that was on hold uh, when they the uh, the line got picked up and they hung up on him. So that, that's fun, too. During the so-called quality checks, multiple candidates addressed their supporters with all of them claiming to be doing well in the state and several of them claiming victory. Thank you, thank you, and let me begin by stating that I imagine having a I have a stating that I imagine I have a strong feeling that at some point the results will be announced, said Bernie Sanders, and when those results are announced, I have a good feeling we're going to be doing very well here in Iowa. Elizabeth Warren also expressed hopefulness in Iowa, saying, This is the moment we have been called to, our moment to make history, our moment to dream big, she told her supporters. Fight hard and win. But besides being the first state to kick off the presidential primaries, Iowa's caucus has also historically been a good predictor of who will win, go on to win the Democrat primary. Seven of the past ten Democrat uh, presidential nominees won in Iowa. Most Democrat contenders headed over to New Hampshire Monday night in anticipation of the state's primaries, which are scheduled for February 11th. Another good article from Mysterious Universe entitled, Astronomers Discover Binary Star Bending Space and Time. Albert Einstein died in 1955, but his theories live on and continue to be proven correct. The last piece of Einstein's theory of general relativity, pi to be confirmed, is his prediction that space and time can be twisted, bent, and swirled by the fast rotation of a massive space object. Scientists recently discovered a dead but still spinning binary star system whose gravity is causing a phenomena called frame dragging, dragging the space-time frame surrounding it around, uh, surrounding it around fast enough to twist it. Is this another item to add to Einstein's list of this changes everything discoveries? 20 years ago, CIS IRO's Parkes Radio Telescope discovered a unique stellar pair consisting of a white dwarf about the size of Earth, but about 300,000 times heavier, and a radio pulsar just the size of a city, but 400,000 times heavier. That unique stellar pair, according to Space.com, would be the PSR J1141-6545, a binary star in the constellation Musca near the Southern Cross constellation, for those of you playing the astrophysicist game at home. So that stellar pair is a unique binary in that one half of the pair is a pulsar, a fast-orbiting young neutron that is the corpse of a star killed in a supernova whose gravity is strong enough to mash protons and electrons for neutrons. The other half is a white dwarf, another dead star, that just simply burned out. We observed a temporal evolution of the orbital inclination of the this pulsar that we infer is caused by a combination of a Newtonian quadrupole quadruple quadrupole moment and lens theoring precession of the orbit resulting from rapid rotation of the WD. LT precession or the lens theoring precession 
An effect of relativistic frame dragging is a predication of general relativity. In a paper published in the Journals of Science, Vivek Ventrakaman Krishnan, an astrophysicist at the Max Planck Institute for Radio Astronomy in Bonn, describes how he and his team watched the pair for 20 years since its discovery and determined the binary was a pulsar flying around a white dwarf at 620,000 miles an hour with a maximum distance between them of the size of our sun, making the length of the orbit an unfathomable five hours, all while the white dwarf itself spins 30 times an hour. The lens-theoring precession, or the lens-theoring effect, is the relativistic correction to the precession, which is the slow movement of the axis of a spinning body around another axis due to a torque, such as gravitational influence, acting to change the direction of the axis of a gyroscope near a large rotating mass such as Earth. On an earthly scale, it's barely discernible. On a binary star scale, it causes the halves of the binary pair to move in a warped space-time way, something Einstein predicted. The reason why many suggest it should be called the Einstein lens steering effect. In the binary pair, the gyroscope is the white dwarf spinning fast enough to cause frame dragging and warp space-time. The pulsar provides the beam of radio waves monitored by Krishnan that shows the warping. In this case, the warping is a movement of the orbit which should normally be stable. Is this a big, this changes everything deal? While Einstein thought many of his relativity theories would never be able to be seen by humans, so this would be one for him. It's a big deal for the field of extreme astrophysics, the realm of gravitational waves and black holes, and the owners of billion-dollar radio telescopes and the networks that allow them to work together. And it's obviously a big deal for the scientists who discovered it and other astrophysicists seeking to understand fast-spinning neutron stars. There are plenty more, and what gives them the spin to warp space and time. So, is it a big deal for us? We should want to better understand the universe we live in, how it began and grows, and how we got there. So yes, it is a big deal for us. So thank you again, Albert Einstein. And uh, I apologize for butchering that. From the Gateway Pundit, Adam Schiff says that if Trump isn't removed from office, he could offer Alaska to the Russians in exchange for support in the next election. Well, people, it is official. President Trump has broken Adam Schiff. Shift. Shift. This may be Schiff's most insane rant ever when impeachment manager said on Monday in his closing argument that if Trump is not removed from office, he may offer Alaska to the Russians in exchange for help in the next election. He also went on to say that Trump may escape to Mar-a-Lago permanently and let his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, run the country. Adam Schiff himself probably needs to be mentally evaluated, evaluated after this impeachment charade is all over. Quote, Trump could offer Alaska to the Russians in exchange for support in the next election or decide to move to Mar-a-Lago permanently and let Jared Kushner run the country, delegating to him the decision whether they go to war, Schiff said, as he argued for Trump's removal. GOP senators on Friday voted 51 to 49 to block additional witnesses in the impeachment trial. 
Senator Murkowski put the final nail in the coffin when she announced she would not be voting in favor of new witnesses. The Senate will cast the final vote on Wednesday to acquit President Trump. Just as a reminder, Hillary Clinton sold 20,000 or 20,000. My Lord, what is wrong with me? Two, 20% of U.S. uranium to Russia in exchange for $150 million to the Clinton Foundation. If there is anyone who has sold the U.S. out to Russia, Ukraine, Iran, China, and other foreign countries, it was the Clintons, the Bidens, Obama, and the other dirty Democrats. And finally, today, there is another Bigfoot sighting in Washington, but this time, there's a video. Just a few days ago, the Washington State Department of Transportation posted pictures on from their traffic cameras situation, situated at Sherman Pass and State Route 20 of what appears to be a Bigfoot. Since the pictures were a bit fuzzy, they can be seen on their Twitter page, there has been much speculation as to what it actually was, but now a new video has been made public and there is definitely something walking through the snow. The Transportation Department's Twitter account for Snoqualmie Pass posted a video of a creature walking through the snow along a wildlife overcrossing. The video, which was posted on Thursday, January 23rd, was captioned, I think Bigfoot is making the rounds across our mountain passes. Officials are even warning drivers to be careful and keep an eye out for the elusive creature. Even once the sun comes up, keep the headlights on for visibility. Watch their Bigfoot. Watch for Bigfoot along with areas of standing water and get excited because the weekend is almost here. Is what was on their Twitter account. Ryan Overton, who is a spokesperson for the eastern region of Washington State, said that this is not the first time that Bigfoot has been seen around this location. He stated that throughout the years there have been several odd sightings around the area in which the Sherman Pass cameras are located. In an email to McClatchy News, he wrote, In fact, roughly 15 years of different things have popped up in front of that camera. He went on to explain that a variety of things from Christmas trees to aliens have shown up on the traffic cameras. However, he's never seen anything quite like the creature that was caught on the cameras a few days ago. Now it is a Sasquatch, he said, adding, I have seen something there before, but this was the most clear picture I have been able to capture from the webcam. The video of the creature walking can be seen here, which is a link, which I'll post, as well as on the Twitter account for the pass. With pictures and now a video, Bigfoot appears to be making its way throughout Washington State, so keep your eyes open and your cameras rolling. All right, that's uh, going to be everything for today. I've got a whole bunch of stuff i got to get done around the house. So uh, hopefully I uh, can uh, not make this a, a monthly thing. We'll try to get back here in, uh, in a couple weeks. I'm sure there's going to be some stuff going on. Maybe some more updates about the coronavirus. Maybe some more interesting things in, in the world of the paranormal and uh, cryptozoology. Um, as usual, you can uh, find this podcast on Anchor. Uh, I do have a page on Facebook. I do have a Twitter account as well. You can also head over to the uh, the website, which is www.overlookpodcast.net. I'll have everything posted there. All the usual podcast apps, everything from Google Podcasts to Stitcher to um, 
oh the hell what the hell is that music app you know what i'm talking about i'll post the links and uh i'll also make sure i post the uh the links to all these articles so you can check them out for yourselves there will be videos on there for uh, pretty much every one of those articles so anyways uh everybody take care and uh we'll see you soon